The marketing and retail side of local foods is a very, very important component. And I wanted to sit down with somebody that I respect a lot, Dan Chapman, who has five health food stores and a supplement company and understands things from you know a different perspective because he is a second generation. Dan has all kinds of wisdom to share with us and I'm really excited to share with you what it is and takeaway lessons to apply for me and McGee and the food system all together. Welcome to the Sewing Prosperity Podcast with host Logan Duvall. This father of four is an Arkansas successful small business owner whose world was turned upside down with the cancer diagnosis of his then five-year-old son. As Napoleon Hill famously stated, every adversity, every failure, every heartbreak carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. Come and join us on our journey to create a Blue Zone community with a focus on a holistic approach to anti-cancer, regenerative farming, and strengthening local economies. Dan, I'm so, so happy to be visiting with you. This uh, very unique perspective that you've got coming in here uh, was connected through Just Thrive as somebody. It's a company I've worked with for years, love them. And so when they told me uh, about your supplement company, I, I was like, oh, I got to reach out. I got to trust them too much. But to learn that you are in the health food store world, having grown up in it, that's just uh, – the success you've had, the entrepreneurial principles and lessons that we can take away from your actual experience is something I just wanted to bring together and share because that retail, the marketing aspect of the local food system is uh, really, really important to make it work. So uh, I would love to hear how how you got into uh, this space. Oh, yeah. Great. Thanks, Logan. I, I appreciate that tee up. Um, I, I have literally... Uh, I say I've grown up in the aisle of a health food store, and that's the honest truth. Um, my mom and dad started a small little health food store on the south side of Chicago in 1961. So over 60 years ago now, and, and I'm not that old just for everybody listening, okay? <laughs> so uh, when I say I, I grew up in the aisle of a health food store, I did. I, I went to the store with my mom when I was young and just kind of grew up there helping customers along the way. I mean, I customers would look for a product. I'd help them find it. I was running the cash register when I was, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, and and honestly, I loved it. Absolutely fell in love with that from a young age. So very much a health food retailer. I, I have five health food stores today, all kind of on the south of Chicago, one in Northwest Indiana, um, and so I've just kind of lived in the natural food world my whole life, um, you know, to, to back the story up and say, well, why in the world did your parents open a health food store in 1961? That certainly was not a way to make a living. Anybody that started a health food store in the 60s, um, it had to be a way of life. And, and that's really what it was for my family. Um, my mom was really sick in the 1950s. Um, at that time, she would have been in her uh, mid-20s. Uh, newly married to my dad, and as a young adult, her body was just, I'll say it wasn't playing nice. And so she started to experience really significant anxiety, um, and the, the type where she would feel fine one minute, and then something would wash over her, and it would be a showstopper. She would feel like the world is kind of caving in. 
And, um, and it didn't make sense to her. She didn't know why she felt that way. Um, she would go to doctors and not get great answers for what was happening to her. You know, other than I think you're stressed. I think you got a lot going on. Maybe you got to take some time off and slow down. And, and my mom is thinking, okay, life is busy, but it's not that busy. And I'm a young lady and, and I shouldn't feel this way. And there has to be an answer. And, and there really were no answers coming. And in the 1950s, doctors didn't understand anxiety. They didn't understand emotional health. And, and so it was, you know, understandable that there wasn't anything they had to offer. And, you know, if you live life like that long enough, you're going to be exhausted. And my mom absolutely struggled with fatigue. And then if you live like, like that long enough, you're going to be a bit depressed. And my mom started to struggle with some depression and none of it made sense to her. You know, she thought there's nothing for me to be depressed about today. I've got a good life. I've got a good husband. Life looks good to me, but yet I can't, I like, I don't feel happy. Something's going on in me. And um, the one thing that I just, I love about my mom is she was a fighter. She was not going to give up. And so um, she kept searching for an answer. She believed there has to be something going on that I can change to not live life like this. And um, it was years later that somebody suggested that she change her diet. Now, again, 1950s, think about that. I mean, this is common sense for us today. You know, everybody's talking about diet, but in the 1950s, that's not the way it worked. My mom had a quote unquote healthy diet and, um, and, and but she was desperate. And so she, she decided to try this diet, which we would call an elimination diet today, go down to some very simple foods, um, don't add spices, just eat one thing, eat that for a few days, journal how you're feeling, and then maybe add another food back. And my mom thought, this is silly. There's no way this is gonna do anything, but it's the, the, the one answer that somebody has in this individual was really passionate and really felt like it was gonna make a difference. And so my mom started this diet and within the week, she started to feel different. And that was life-changing for her. I, and I won't say she was better. It was years of a journey for her, but it was the first time that she connected for real the food that she put in her body and the way that her body responded. And that was brand new information for her. Um, and so she dove in from that moment to learn everything she could about food and nutrition and, you know, and farming. And how is it possible that this one seemingly healthy food would make me feel terrible? It would make somebody else feel just fine. How is that possible? And so that's really what started the natural food, you know, kind of endeavor for my family. The, uh, the, the struggles, right? The struggles get us so uh, where we're in these worlds. And, and that's just so admirable what uh, your mom pushed through and the family supporting and, and turning it into a service for others. And so I see a lot of parallels with us. Uh, you know, my, my oldest was, was diagnosed stage four cancer when, when he was five. And so that's what uh, led us to a lot of the things we're doing, like the, this podcast, for example. It's uh, things that wouldn't happen without that, that adversity. And so that's uh, just incredible. Love, love that story and how you've just carried the, the baton from, from where they were. Uh, you know, my kids growing up and, and being, being all dirty and playing outside, I can kind of see like a, you know, a, a little Dan growing up in there. I can see that with, with my kids. But, uh, you know, being outside of, of Chicago and wanting to visit on the whole uh, ag food system, uh, building out that, that market, the local foods, how how are you able to do that in such a a metropolitan area? 
Well, uh, we we work hard to do that, but I will tell you, it's it's uh, there aren't as many opportunities around here, maybe as what you have in Arkansas, but uh, there are opportunities everywhere. Um, and so we have a, a number of farmers that we work with. Um, actually, you know, one in particular is a, a story I'm just really proud of. Uh, I, I was driving down the uh, out in the country one day and I went by a house that there was like 400 chickens in the yard. And I slammed on my brakes and I said, if anybody has 400 chickens in the yard, I need to meet them. <laughs> and so yes. um, that, that, that drive-by with a whole bunch of chickens in the yard uh, led us to this farmer that uh, you know had a full-time job doing his farming on the side and had an incredible operation going. And, and it was all being sold in the traditional farmer's markets. And so if you think about this family had like three full-time jobs, he, he had a job, he was a farmer, that's another job, and then he was a salesperson, right? That's a whole other job on the weekends. And, and how do you have a family when, when you do all of that? And so it took some time, but as we started to build some relationships, uh, he actually, uh, over a couple of years, completely pulled out of the farmer's market. And so we're his sales arm. Um, everything that he raises, we sell. Um, and so he, we do eggs with him and chicken and beef and pork and lamb, and he's got an incredible operation. So he's got one less job now, and we get to do that for him. <clears throat> and, and it's been a wonderful partnership. And so we're, we're, we always are looking for, you know, opportunities like that. And, and they don't have to be that grand, right? I mean, we've got a honey farmer that, uh, you know, raises all kinds of honey, and we buy all the honey that, that he uh, raises. So it's a similar situation there. We've been doing that with, you know, uh, beef farmer Bill for, oh my goodness, uh, decades, you know. I think that's exactly where the the magic of retail and the roles and responsibilities that we have to help the farmers. You know, the three different jobs trying to do everything because it's it's all hard, right? There, every bit of this uh, build out is hard from the production to the bringing it all together with the aggregation and the the storing it and the shelving it and and showcasing the the customer relations. All of it's so important. So that's a uh, that. That's beautiful in how how you laid that out. Um, so what can what can we do as the retailers and marketers uh, and partners, the partners in in with these farmers? What can we do to better prepare them uh, in in that kind of a wholesale type relationship as they grow? You know their their businesses. The, that's a great question. Um, and I, I wish it was as simple as, well, th Logan, this is exactly what you do. Here's the framework and, and, and wow, you're, you're going to be off and running. But, but I don't think it is that simple because as you, as you probably have experienced, um, every farming operation is different. Um, just like, honestly, about every health food store in the country is different. I, I've been to thousands of health food stores and they're rarely similar. I mean, they all have their unique personality um, and kind of their unique perspective. And yeah, we, we might carry some or even a lot of the same products, but we have our own personality just like people do. Um, and so it really is a very human business. Um, so you have to figure out where that farmer or I'll say maybe a small scale kitchen, you know, we, we do uh, a wonderful business with a, a local vegan kitchen and that's their expertise. That's what they love. They make vegan food and they make it really incredible. And we sell as much of their food as we can. And so everybody's kind of coming from their different perspective. And I think, 
you know, the best thing that we do just in framework is really in, in conversation. I don't, I don't have any like written down tools for you there, but just to help them understand, you know, you know, what do you need in order to have a healthy, successful business and thrive and grow because you're a business and you need to make money. Um, and then how can we step into that and, and save like some of the aspects of maybe some of the work that you're doing on, on how you're going to sell. And here's where we come in and, and we're real clear. Okay. For us to run our business, we, we need to make about this kind of a margin to make it work. And so if we can find that space in the middle, um, and then let's just keep lines of communication open in order to make sure very early on, you know, in that first week or two, what's working for you, what isn't working for you. Because undoubtedly in, in every like partnership like that, you're going to find something that isn't going to work. And, and oftentimes you can find those things pretty quick. You just have to be intentional about asking those questions. Because at the end of the day, what, what we're real clear about is we're looking for something that works for both of us, not just us, right? So it has to work for you. I want you to be successful too, because honestly, I need your product. I want your product. You know, whether that's a, a, a local carrot farmer or some eggs or chicken or soap or whatever it is, we both need to have successful businesses. and. So, it, it, so that's kind of our approach is open communication and honest and uh, trying to make it clear on here's what we need to live. What do you need to, to live and how can we best do this together? There we have it. It's communication. That, that was the big takeaway I've got, just the clear, the concise, the communicate and have have it all all laid out there. So I think that's a massive lesson that I can always get better at uh, too, for sure. So what, would, uh, what advice would you give to to any you know entrepreneurs whether that's the farmers because you know a lot of farmers do what they do because they're super passionate about it they they don't necessarily do it for the money but we have to run it like a business because if we we don't make money then we're not going to yeah. be able to sustain it so what would be what would be your advice to them and then obviously you're you're miles ahead of where I am and uh, what advice do you have that that I can take away yeah um, it, that's it's a great question uh, because. I think most entrepreneurs start something out of love. And that certainly is true in the natural food industry. If you look at most health food stores around the country, certainly the ones that have been around for a little while, I mean, in, I think in every case, it is a, it is a business of passion, uh, a business of wanting to help people. And it typically came out of somebody's health crisis. Uh, whether it's uh, you know you yourself or or a son or a mom or a dad like in my case, so we're we're coming from a place of having an experience and then wanting to help others so they don't have that same negative experience or maybe they have a, a, a easier path out of that place that when they land into it, um, and so somewhere along the way though we have to stop and then think about our business, um, and so what is your mission and vision? And I find sometimes even just that simple, do you know who you want to be? Because every business has a personality. Um, and I don't think there's a wrong answer. And, and I think that's also played out in the fact that so many health food stores are so different in their personalities. I mean, you have a health food store on a, on a farm outside. I've been to another health food store literally in a barn behind the farmhouse, you know, and then you've got some in the city that are beautiful and modern and clean and sleek, you know, and then there, there's my stores that are a bit retro, a bit old school. And, and that's just kind of who we are. We're, we're not bright and shiny, but we're real and we're human. And there's, there's no right and there's no wrong answer. 
just know and decide who you want to be and then be that. Um, and so part of it then is what are your core values? What do you stand for? Because as you get a little bit bigger and you have some more employees, you need to make sure that you give them a framework of who they are representing when they're employed by you. So we need to have our mission and vision. We need to have our core values. And then everything that we do needs to be in, in alignment with those core values. So we do all evaluations, not just by people, but even like collectively, how are we doing? Are we living out our core values well, or are we failing on one of those core values? Um, and so I think that that, that part is very, very important. Um, and then at some point also taking a moment to understand what your unique um, gifts are, because we all have a gift. Um, but we also ha all have a weakness. So what are you really good at? Like, what are, you, what are the things that at the end of the day, you're just like, I could do that for the rest of my life. And the more I do it, the more energized I get. And then what are the, what are the things that I can do them, but when I do, like, it takes energy from me. Like, and I could do that for weeks, maybe even months, but if I did it for years, I'm gonna get burnout. You need to know what those things are. And then uh, equally, there are things that I can't even do it, you know, by the end of the day today. If I do, I'm just, they drain me. And so make sure that you find, the first thing you want to do is put people around you to pick up those things that drain you. Because those things that drain you, they're energizing to somebody else. I think uh, you, you laid that out really, really well. I sure wish that I could go back in time and have uh, Dan around uh, to help me uh, avoid a lot of these mistakes because the older I get, the more I realize I have a lot to learn. I used to think I knew everything, but uh, thank you for, for laying that out. Um, yeah. The mission that you're talking about there really brings back like the Simon Sinek's uh, Start With Why, uh, which you know it, I think is a fantastic book. So I think that you just gave a, a perfect uh, experience in uh, in what he's getting at there. So, do you have uh, do you have another book that you would recommend? I, I'll tell you uh, the the ones that I've really enjoyed in in recent years is Patrick Lencioni. Um, he has uh, three books that kind of go together. Uh, the first in and I'm going to call it a series. I'm not even sure he does, but uh, it's the the five dysfunctions of a team, and it just talks about how to build a team and that the foundation of that is trust. Um, and it's just, it's well done. And then uh, the next one is the ultimate team player. And that just, that, so that's kind of an individual um, book is like, how, how do I need to act and operate? And how does somebody else need to act and operate in the world in order to be an ultimate team player? And, and basically it's a combination, are you, are you humble? Are you hungry and are you smart? Um, and then the most recent one that, that he has written that really just kind of caps it off is The Six Working Geniuses. And, and I, I recommend anybody that is in business, aspires to be in business, you would do really well to kind of read all three of those books to help you build a team around you that is going to be cohesive and energized and, and, and everybody really kind of doing the work that's energizing to them. Well, I'll be ordering those three books as soon as we get off of uh, off of here. So thank you for that. Uh, what uh, what I'd like to do is take just a just little bit of a tangent that uh, it, for us, it's something we cover in depth a lot, but uh, it, a little bit maybe a tangent for you. 
Where we have put a massive focus on is going to be in uh, regenerative agriculture. And so we've interviewed some of the titans in that uh, industry from like Joel Salatin, Gabe Brown, Sally Fallon Morrell, uh, Jordan Rubin. Uh, so I don't know if y'all carry the Ancient Nutrition brand, but that's Jordan and Josh's company. I uh, love what they're doing. I love that uh, focus, the the mission that they're you know, talking about that they're living is so important for us to get out there. So like what, uh, what advice do you have? You know, I guess maybe this is selfishly for me, but for uh, getting the, the marketing, the retail better, how do we get that message out? Yeah, it, it, it's a constant process at, of, of learning and teaching, right? Learning and teaching. And, and that's really what has happened in the, in the health food world um, since the early days. It, it's a process that we learn some information and we need to teach it to others. And so how do we best do that? And the, let me just, uh, the, the part of that that I think is important is in sh working as hard as we can to be, to tell the whole story, to be 100% honest, if you will. And, and I'm not suggesting that there's dishonesty there, but when it comes to marketing, it's so easy to have a little bit of a spin or to tell 80 or 90% of that story. And, and you know, that 80 or 90% is a beautiful story, but if I had to tell the last 10%, like that's hard. But, but I think people need to know the whole story. They need to know all the information. You know, we, we talk about transparency, but I question sometimes whether we're all, as an, as an industry, truly transparent. And I would argue, I don't know that we are. Um, and so I think that we just need to be human and to be fully honest. And, uh, and certainly as that message gets wider, we, we need to find the right ways to tell that story. So marketing is important. We wanna tell it in a way that is um, maybe entertaining, certainly exciting in a way that we're communicating in a way that people can understand and hear and do something with. So it ha there has to be some action involved in that. But I, I'm an advocate for being fully transparent, fully honest, and that's what happens kind of on the, um, I'll say the real grassroots of our industry. That's the heart of our industry. At what, and that's exactly why we're bringing in uh, Red Remedies. It's because of the the transparency, the the collaboration, the quality, the attention to detail, right? Like, so what I believe that we've done is, uh, you know, I've curated what I believe are the top brands. Like if I can't pick up the phone and, and call and talk to them and make sure that we have this working relationship where it's it's working, right? I'm not, I'm not going to work with them. So got to really, really believe in that. And so uh, <laughs> what, uh, what you've done with uh, Red Remedies is something I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to just see where it goes. And so, man, <laughs> I know how hard retail is, so I'm not sure why you started a sub-because. So tell, what, what, what were you thinking? <laughs> what was I thinking is the best question there, Logan. I love it. Um, you know, I, I think for anybody in business, you know, we would say that, wow, if, if I just knew, I don't think I ever would have done that. And and maybe Red Remedies is one of those stories, too. I will tell you, I have worked harder in the last 15 years than I've ever worked in my entire life. Um, but it, but it is rewarding. And, you know, part of the reason that I started Red Remedies is is a little bit of what I was just alluding to. The, the natural food kind of movement grew into an industry. And so we call it today like a natural food industry. Well, boy, industry, really? 
Well, I mean, hey, when, when it's worth billions of dollars, that's what it is. And when you're in industry, you also have, you know, really smart, I'll say money folks and marketing folks that come in and they play their spin and they're interested in, in money, 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 bottom line. And I realize, yes, we are businesses. I don't apologize for that. We need to make a living to be around tomorrow and next year. But we need to be mission driven. We are about people's lives people like your son, people like my mother, um, these individuals need real solutions. They cannot afford a marketing spin. They cannot afford a, a brand that is bottom line driven and cuts a corner. We're talking about somebody's life. We're talking about health. And so honestly, that is what drove me to Red Remedies. And, and, and I probably could have done a bunch of different things. Um, I, I'm an entrepreneur kind of by nature. I have all kinds of ideas and the best thing I would ever do is to not do most of them. Um, and so <laughs> supplements is where one of my passions was. I love herbs. I love to study them. I love to talk about them. I love to teach them. Um, and I also have a belief of what is the right way to use supplements and, and I saw an industry that was not just compromising on the quality and what was being produced, but also compromising on, um, on the testing protocols and testing on, on, on how they were thinking about the body. So in other words, our industry, I believe, was and still is far more allopathic in our thought process than we should be and not nearly enough holistic. We need to understand how the body works the body is one connective, cohesive system that needs to stay within balance. And anything out of that is, you know, fatigue and tired and ultimately leads to disease. So I, I realized, hey, it's great to think about my elbows specifically, or my thyroid specifically, or my kidneys, or blood sugar, or I mean, name whatever it might be. That's great to be specific. But we need to understand how does that part or system or organ work within the context of the body. And if we're not thinking about that, we're going to come up with a solution that is going to be less than optimal. And, and so that's really what's unique about Red Remedies is we have a system and a process for putting a formula together that nourishes the target that we're after but within the context of the whole body. So we stack back and we're supporting the system that the thyroid is in because the thyroid's just a member of a family. You know, it, it doesn't work by itself. It works in the context of the endocrine system. I think that's where we're so aligned. It's like it is this holistic approach, and it's not just just the thyroid. It's not just the one one thing. And and as you dive in, you look and the 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 nutrients, the lack of or or the toxicness of uh, the, the agricultural component. The there's so many things that just keep coming in from health and wellness and the community and relationships, the spiritual aspect, just on and on. It just kind of uh, you know at times it gets overwhelming on how connected it is. But that uh, that's that's what we're we're trying to do. Just come up with those solutions, and uh, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, and, and so I mean, for maybe a lot of your community that might understand farming and just the the cohesive nature of a farm and how that needs to work, um, the supplements are no different. I mean, taking a single herb probably maybe is not your best solution. Certainly taking a single vitamin or a single mineral any more than you're going to want to put a single quote unquote chemical or fertilizer on a field, right? So it, it's a system. It, it, it needs to work together. And so that's really what we do at Red Remedies. 
um, that, that I think is unique. And we also have uh, a, a purity program um, that we have put together to ensure that our products are absolutely what we say they are. Um, so we believe in building deep relationships, but we also believe in holding accountable. So that's part of that process. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for the time. I'm so excited about the potential with this, uh, this partnership and to see where it goes and, and what all we can accomplish. Cause there's definitely not enough of us working on here. And, uh, I can already tell I have so much that I'm going to be able to learn from you. So, uh, thank you again, my friend. We will. God bless you and your family. We'll talk soon. The constant pursuit of knowledge, of solutions on what we can do to apply these lessons from, you know, experts across many different fields and different areas of the world is, is what we're all about. And so please uh, make sure that you like and subscribe to the channel. Check out the Sewing Prosperity Institute. We take a much deeper dive into what is actually being said through the podcast and, you know, some of our interpretations of that. And so being a part of the Sewing Prosperity Institute is a way to actually, you know, participate where, wherever you are in uh, it, it takes a lot of money to produce these kind of content, to put it together, to travel, to bring in experts. And so that little bit of a membership actually goes a really, really long ways to making the mission be a success. Thank you for listening to the Sewing Prosperity Podcast. We hope that you have learned something new and that you are inspired to adopt regenerative practices in your community. Remember that by working together, we can create a sustainable and abundant future for ourselves and for future generations.